0: Hi, I'm Chris Apolito, and welcome to the Get Coached podcast, where I'm documenting my journey from employee to entrepreneur while featuring the coaches that are helping me along the way. Each episode, these coaches provide actionable advice to help me and you, the audience, find more success as entrepreneurs. I invite you to join the journey so we can go and grow together. This is episode number six of the Get Coached podcast, and in today's episode, I sat down with David J.P. Fisher, or as a lot of his friends call him, D. Fish, who is a speaker, coach, and author of nine books, yes, nine, including the best-selling Hyperconnected Selling and Networking in the 21st Century, Why Your Network Sucks and What to Do About It. David's goal is to help professionals understand the new business landscape where social media, networking, and old-school sales and communication skills are the key to providing value and staying relevant. As you might have guessed, our conversation was all about networking and how to build a stronger professional network. So I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Hi, David. Hey, how are you today, Chris?
0: I'm doing great. How about you?
1: Living the dream.
0: Awesome. So we're going to talk a little bit about, so when when uh, we first kind of like sat down and did our initial conversation, I realized that. You maybe didn't re- write the book on networking, but you've definitely written a lot of books on networking. And one of the things I saw on your website that I loved was Stop Your Network From Sucking. So that's basically <laughs> what we're going to talk about today.
1: Love it. Let's unsuck some networks.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's let's just dive into that. So tell me a little bit, give me some of the background on why you decided to start writing books on networking.
1: That really came about because that's how I built my network. They always say you should uh, or uh, build my business. They say you should write what you know. And uh, I had had started my own uh, consulting and coaching practice uh, now almost 15 years ago. And when I first got started, I, I didn't really know a lot about how to, how to market or how to build a business, but I, I knew I felt comfortable talking to people and going out. So I I just started showing up at events and, and meeting people, like grabbing cups of coffee and, you know, kind of built from there. So when I started to uh, really look at how I could help other professionals, uh, I realized that networking was uh, something that was very natural for me, but not so much for other people. So that's kind of kind of where it was the genesis of, of diving into the networking uh, or diving down the networking rabbit hole.
0: Right. And so you've written... Uh... Is it nine books on networking specifically or just nine books in total?
1: I think nine books in total. I think right now we're at six or seven books on networking. <laughs> yeah.
0: And you've got networking for millennials, networking on LinkedIn, networking. You're like you've been writing a networking series and trying to niche each book to something in, in particular, right? That's kind of yeah. been the the premise of it.
1: Exactly. The first one was called networking in the 21st century, why your network sucks and what to do about it. And that's still kind of, you know, the the big quote unquote textbook. But I did realize that different groups need to approach networking, not completely differently, but they all have a little, little bit of a different flavor. Right. And so I wanted to make it as easy as possible for somebody who was a millennial or for someone who is a, a solopreneur or a freelancer or a salesperson, just pick up a book and go, okay, this is how I can get better at building my network and, and you know, kind of leverage opportunities from it. Yep, right. so that was the, the, where that all came from.
0: Yeah that's a great approach because then there's there's going to be more relevant and tangible uh, tactics and advice and tips for that specific reader whereas if somebody wants to learn kind of in more broad sense it sounds like the the book the 21st century is the the one that you you would maybe suggest people taking a look at.
1: Yeah exactly. Okay. Exactly.
0: So What's you've obviously you've been writing books for a while, uh, and and you built a business and and have been successful doing and and leveraging networking. But what's what would be some of the the bad advice that you commonly hear when it comes to networking?
1: <laughs> How much time do we have? Right. <laughs> There's a couple things that I think people really get wrong uh, about networking, and it really kind of sours them to the whole process. I th- I think the biggest mistake that we teach especially younger professionals is they hear networking is important and then there's nothing else right there's there's no fob, there's no actual definition of how this works there's kind of this assumption that everybody just knows how to build a network you know if you build it they will come and so I think some of the the biggest mistakes come in where there's really no guidance but then even above that I think that there's still this Uh, focus on very transactional uh, networking. There's this idea, hey, go to a bunch of big networking events, go to conferences, walk in a room full of 100 people and some bad appetizers. That's networking. And what I'm really trying to, to, to do and what I teach is this idea that networking is relational, right? Networking takes time. It takes really being able to build a relationship with Another person. Now that doesn't mean you have to be best friends, but it, it isn't just, uh, I, I say networking is an is a process, not just an event. And so I think that the more we can help professionals understand that there this is a long-term process, uh, the more effective they can be.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I would say I was one of those people who thought networking was just going to large events and <laughs> Uh, drinking the bad coffee and eating the bad appetizers and handing out business cards, right? which was why I hated going to them so much, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially as somebody who is a little bit more leaning on the introverted side. And I believe that's one of your books. Is it not? Is networking for introverts or do you, I can't remember. No, it's actually
1: a chat. It's a, it's a chapter in one of them. Okay. Chapter. I definitely address it.
0: So, there's there's a lot of people out there who would self-identify as introverts or or are maybe sometimes it's falsely identified and there's just more of a fear of going out there and, and reaching out to people. But for for that type of person who has either that fear, the reluctance, or is self-identified as an introvert, what's maybe a like a little tip that you would share with them to to help them get that process started of networking?
1: You, you touched on something, I think, really important, which is most introverts self-identify as introverts. And it can it, it's become kind of this cool thing to say, well, I'm just an introvert, and use yeah. it as an excuse to not reach out, to not start relationships. Yeah. Yeah, there's a relationship. Yeah, there's a chapter in the first book where I actually kind of call into question the whole def, definition of introvert. What I think is actually important, though, is that it's not an introvert or extrovert thing. Most people don't like going into a room full of strangers. It's like the first day of school. Nobody likes that. You know, that. Is anybody going to like me? Am I going to have any friends? And so it is stressful. And we don't like doing stressful things. So I think one of the biggest challenges with networking is that, that it's gotten a bad reputation, right? Because you thought it was going into that room of strangers. And if you're naturally a little more quiet or shy, or really just if you're a normal human being... It's tough for us to put ourselves just out there in a, in a room full of strangers. Yeah. We start going, oh no, I I don't want to do that and I'm going to stop doing it. What The biggest thing I could suggest, if you do feel you're, that you're a little more quiet or you don't like those big events, don't go to them. That's not networking. It's helpful. I, I'm not saying not to go to networking events. I, I think they're a really great way. I, they're like a singles bar or a party if you're single. It makes sense to go where all the other single people are, right? right. You're not looking for a person to propose to you're actually looking for somebody that you might want to go on a date with same thing with networking go to a big event it's really you're there to meet some people who you're like oh i I think there's something here i think we might be able to follow up the if you think you're a little more quiet a little more shy that's why i love the one-on-one conversation just someone you think there's something there reach out say hey would you like to grab a cup of coffee right it's 45 minutes it's painless you know with uh Technology, I do cups of coffee, quote unquote, with people around the country and the world, um, you know, virtual coffees. But it, take yourself out of that big group event. You might go, "Why? Well, I, I don't like big groups. Great. Can you have a conversation? My guess is you've done that once in your life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably more than once. And so, so really focus on that. And that can be a very powerful way of building a lot of great networking relationships.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great idea and and allows me to segue fantastically into um, leveraging tools like technology tools like LinkedIn, uh, as well as um, maybe not as commonly known, but uh, an app called Shaper which is Mm, the the best way I can explain it to anybody who's not familiar with it is think of it as the Tinder for networking. You have like your single profile cards and you swipe left or right, depending on whether you want to potentially get matched up with that person. Then it opens up a chat and then you go back and forth and ultimately decide on either a coffee if you're local or a virtual coffee, like you said, um, which I've done both and to be honest, using Shaper is actually what really helped me get out of my shell a little bit okay. because it allowed me the, the, like the security of being behind a screen, um, one on one as well. And I just felt way more comfortable just being able to text because that's really what it was like messaging back <laughs> and forth until we right. identified like, yeah, there is actually a good match here. Maybe we should, uh, go for coffee and then it also helped me get over that reluctance of actually asking that's the weirdest Mm -hmm. thing i think right like even like being young i like correlating networking to dating kind of like you said there there's sometimes that reluctance of asking the girl out to go on a date (laughs) yeah for sure because you're like oh fear of rejection but you, for some reason, we we take that over with us when it comes to networking. Like, hey, mm-hmm. what if I ask this person to go for a coffee or or a Zoom call, and they actually say no? Like, oh, who cares? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, like, it right, just right. it really helped me out with that. So, um, I, I was wondering I if you could that. share a little bit about some of the maybe like techniques or approaches or just some like surface level guidance for people who are in that shell really haven't started networking, but how to use things like LinkedIn and Shaper to get them going and mm-hmm. build the habit and build the process and then ultimately maybe shift it more to a, a face-to-face.
1: Yeah, I love that. And, and the dating analogy between networking, I think, is so powerful because it really is just about starting relationships, right? Um, reaching out to another person. I think I was very fortunate that in my career, I got started in the sales world. So I kind of had that comfort already with asking and, hey, if they say no, it's okay. But I love that what you just said there, this idea of, of kind of warming up and getting used to reaching out in a, in a comfortable way. And I think that that's actually the, one of the most powerful things about technology is it gives us more tools to do just that. One of the biggest things I could suggest to somebody is that today we have more tools than ever to start relationships, whether it's Shaper or LinkedIn, to cultivate those relationships, um, and then to to leverage them. You have to not use all of the tools available because that would be kind of crazy, but you have to realize that you need to use both the online and offline tools. They are not exclusionary. I think a really bad question is what's better? online or offline networking, mm. because it's the it, it, there's just networking. And then there's different ways that you can engage and communicate. So I think a very simple way for most people to get started, and, and this is really unsexy advice, but I have to keep giving it because nobody uh, is listening to it. it is, or maybe it's just me. Uh, go work on your presence first before you ever reach out to anybody. And so like, for example, with LinkedIn, go look at your LinkedIn profile and ask yourself, if I didn't know me, would I want to accept a virtual call with this person? It's, it, you know, it's so simple, but it's amazing how little effort and thought people put into the way they present themselves. I mean, it's just like an online dating app, right? If you, yeah. if you didn't have anything good on that online dating app, nobody's going to want to engage with you. No one will opt in. You have to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so if that's LinkedIn, if that's Shaper, if that's your Twitter profile, if that's a website you have, especially, you know, if you're an independent professional, for example, and you've got to, you've got to have that online presence so that when I Google you, I mean, what, whatever comes up, I'm going to make some judgments on that right away. So yeah. I think that's, that's the first step is like, just make sure you took a, that, you know, virtual shower and put on a nice outfit for, before you went to the event.
0: Yeah. Comb your hair.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> if, and you got, a, if you still have hair, <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly right. You know, shine the dome. Um, but we we would never go to a an online offline event, excuse me, without taking you know some basic hygiene uh, steps first. You gotta do the same thing online, yeah. and then I I think the other thing is just um, getting involved in conversations. So this is, for example, a place where I really do love LinkedIn is you don't have to do one-on-one conversations right away. Right? You can find people who are posting content and there's some comments going on. You can, you can throw your ideas in there. Uh, you can kind of just say, hey, you know, here's my perspective. Same thing with um, sharing content, letting other people um, comment and comment. That's actually one of the ways that I've met some really cool people in my network who I enjoy both personally and have actually brought professional opportunities to me where it's literally like I saw stuff they were doing. I was like, Hey, I really like what you're doing. That's very cool. And then we start a conversation and then things go from there. So I think yeah. those are a couple things that you can do with, with the online world right away. Make sure you look good, make sure that you're engaging in conversations and then um, build it from there, you know, and, and make sure that it's just part of your overall networking.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's great advice because, um, I, I don't even know what the default picture is for LinkedIn. I think it's just like a blue face or something yep. <laughs> like that. But yeah, anytime I get a connection request and and then I look at their profile and there's there's no no person, there's no background image, there's no, or the the quality of the picture is terrible. And I'm just kind of like, to me, this just makes it look like you're not putting effort in. And it would mm-hmm. be the same idea that As a you know, as as guys, which were usually the ones courting. So, if you were to just show up in scraggly hair and wrinkly shirt, and you haven't bathed in a few days, your (laughs) odds are not very good that you're gonna get that girl to accept your offer to go on a date. Right. That's 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 why that core the the examples that that works so well is you just. Because it, it is a relationship, like you said, and and you've got to put effort in, and 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 you've got to be willing to to put like skin in the game, right? And I think mm-hmm. putting effort in and time into your profile is, in a sense, putting skin in the game as far as you self putting out there, right? Because um, that's exactly how we right. connected. I reached out yeah. to you on LinkedIn. I was looking specifically for business coaches and. You know, sent a message and we went back and forth and, and mm-hmm. did a call, and now we're doing a, a podcast together. Which, that's that's networking, right? Like a hundred percent. I mean, that's
1: actually what what I love about uh, kind of technology and podcasts. <clears throat> excuse me, I actually run my own podcast. Uh, it's called Beer Beats in Business, and you'll notice that business is only one third of the two thirds of the things we talk about. It's it's networking. It really mm. is just an excuse for me to be like, hey. Uh, and a lot of the people on it are already friends of mine, or sometimes they're they're new people. But it's it's an excuse, a reason to have that conversation and to keep continuing on because we've used this word relationship a number of times. But if you think about what a relationship really is, it's it's shared time, it's shared interest, and it's shared conversation, right? Yeah. So anytime you can figure out a way using technology or again in the offline world to move one of those things forward, you're going to get benefit from your networking.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so to go to the flip side, because we've we've mentioned technology as far as a, a tool that can help with this. What what's some of the advice that you would give to probably the younger generations who have grown up and and really rely almost too much on online presence. That's really how they interact with the world is through a screen of some sort, whether it's a mobile device or a computer. And they've got this like, this this crippling anxiety or fear around going out there and, and meeting people face-to-face. What would right. be the advice for them to ease themselves into that world and doing more face-to-face
1: networking? That's a really good question. And I think we're in the midst of an evolution in how we engage because of technology. That And we're in the midst of it. We don't really know what's going to happen, right? But I do think... If you are, you know, a younger professional, one of the biggest things you can do is actually get practice. Uh, There is no shortcut to to developing some of these empathetic skills. Now, human beings, we just, well, most of us have empathetic responses kind of hardwired into the way we engage, right? Human beings are social creatures. We have empathy. We know how to, um, to connect with other people but, and this is a big, but it does require practice. It's actually like one of those skills that is an age, but also gets better with improvement. It's like, we can all run. Mm. But if we run a lot, we're going to get better at it. Right. Um, so one of the biggest things that I suggest to younger professionals is find opportunities to put yourself, uh, in places where you can practice. That might be going to an event. uh, that might be, uh, Getting involved, and I think this is a, a great thing. I was involved with something called the Young Professionals of Evanston when I was a younger professional. Find groups that kind of cater towards younger professionals and practice there. It might feel a little safer. Uh, the one-on-one networking coffee, I think, is is a great place um, to, to get that engagement. Even if you're not trying to get something, quote-unquote, from networking, just getting that practice can, can be huge because you can't... The, the online world will only get you so far. And that's, yeah. that's just, well, I think that's what we're finding. Ten years ago, people would be like, oh, this is going to be, we're all going to be pod people just sitting in little cubicles <laughs> and Zoom calling everybody. Yeah, But that's, that's just not happening. And I think, in fact, there's becoming a bit of a, a pushback now where people want that high touch. They want that human engagement. They realize that there's something really powerful to that that can't be replicated
0: online. Yeah, I 100% agree. Because especially if your business involves a clientele that's outside of that generation, Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about like the baby boomers who still currently hold the majority of the wealth in North America and maybe even more. So if your, your clientele is an older demographic, they're not going to want to just interact with you through, through digital. In fact, their preferred is eventually face-to-face. And, and from my experience, and maybe you'd have the same thing, is younger, even the younger professionals who have had a lot of success they actually prefer face-to-face because there's a certain ability that those people have developed, which is in reading somebody, right? Oh, yeah. And you can't read somebody as easily anyways, even on a Zoom call where you can see that person. Mm -hmm. There's something different once you're like in person with them face-to-face that they're going to get a better sense of who you are and whether they want to do business with you. So it's like you said, it is a necessary skill to develop that that takes time and practice. But if you ease yourself into it, and like you said, find a, a safe group or whatever it is, then you're going to eventually develop that to the point where you're just going to feel more and more confident and comfortable with it. Th-
1: that's exactly right. And I do think that it's important to be careful that you d- actually don't get trapped going, oh, the older generation still wants to have these face-to-face or in-person interactions. So I gotta at least be okay for them, but then eventually, you know, they'll they'll yeah. retire from the workforce. And then I don't need them. <clears throat> what what I see a lot happening, this is in networking. I, I do a lot of work with sales organizations. I'm going into you know coaching, and consult and speak to them. And it's really fascinating to me to watch some of the, the younger sales professionals struggle not necessarily just with selling, but with engaging and interacting kind of in the organization. And one thing that's kind of like an internal saying I have is like, that should have been a conversation, not an email, yeah. right? Because there's just so much, I don't care what age you are, human beings are human beings, right? It's, it's a lot, a lot of evolution that got us to here. Yeah. So you when, you when you can harness that, kind of like you mentioned, the, the really successful people get how to harness those conversations. You influence better, you build more trust, more likability, all these things are really good, um, but it, it takes a little focus because it is very easy to not do it right. It is high easy to hide behind our smartphones and our yeah. computers, so yeah. you do have to make an effort for sure.
0: Yeah, and it and the the problem with it is it feels like you're you're networking because you are it feels
1: great, but <laughs> it,
0: it feels like you're like well yeah I'm networking I'm doing great but. If you if you completely ignore the the face to face, you're it's going to stall out eventually, and never it's never really going to take you to the level that you want it to get to. And I and I'm really speaking from experience because I was that person who relied exclusively on my mobile device and my computer. Mm-hmm. All I was doing was Shaper conversations and video calls, and I was like, I'm networking, and, <laughs> and for certain group of people I'll never be able to see them physically because of just geographical locations but when I I connected with somebody locally I forced myself to go for coffees because I knew I needed to keep developing and working that that skill set and it was super fascinating for me because the the video calls were great the chats were great and then all of a sudden we sat face to face and I was like there's something about this person that's just now all of a sudden not sitting well with me uh-huh. and I couldn't put my finger on it. Not that they were a bad person, but it was like, I don't think I want to do business with this person. And we, we stayed, a, 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 there was still a friendship in a sense, like acquaintance and we stayed in contact. And then, as that relationship developed over time, I started seeing what it actually was. I was like, ah, they're (laughs) just so unreliable. Like they just, they don't follow through. Like there was just all these, my gut was telling me something from the get-go. Right. I couldn't put my finger on it, but over time it revealed itself. That's why the face-to-face is so important.
1: Yeah, there's so many ways that human beings engage and interact and we know some of them some of them we don't some of them are kind of below the the conscious level yeah there's that person you meet and you're like i don't know why but i don't trust them or conversely you're like i don't know why but you know this person i trust i want to work with this person i like their energy their enthusiasm their excitement whatever it is and i think that it it does take some effort because it is so easy to just say hey i did some emails i i sent uh you know, um, a text to somebody, I've done some networking. What I will also suggest though, is it's, it's really interesting if you do start to put this effort in and and here's the trick. I, I, I think that, especially if you're a younger professional, the advantage you have is time, right? When you start, you can start a lot of relationships now and let them build over time. Where someone who's, you know, maybe maybe more of a a veteran professional doesn't have that same luxury. But you also have to go in with kind of uh, an open expectation, where you're not looking to get a direct benefit right away. Um, you even just said that story. You're like, "Oh, we still kept in touch. We, we, you know, we still had contact after that." But um, it, and so you have to go. I'm going to go have that cup of coffee. Maybe something will come from it. But maybe something will come from it in six months or two weeks or in two years or five yeah. years. Yeah. I mean, the example if, if you, you know, went to college and I'm, I'm dating myself a little bit, but I've, I've known my college friends for over 20 years now. So yes, is we had the strength of that relationship then, but then over the last 20 years, we've just known each other. So I know I can call people and say like, I need this. And they're like, yeah, sure. No problem. Mm-hmm. And, and same thing professionally. There's people I've known 10, 15, 20 years. If I want an introduction, they're not like, uh, I don't know. They're like, yeah, no problem. Um, so you can plant those seeds now and you've got a lot of time to cultivate them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's super important is, is the planting of the seeds because you just don't know what seed is really going to take root and blossom into something spectacular and amazing. Right. Not that that's not the intention going in. It's, you just never know. And that's also why you go in with the, the attitude of, you know what? Let me see how I can add value to this person.
1: 100%.
0: That's what's, I love analogies, I guess, but that's like the fertilizer to that relationship. You're Mm -hmm. planting seeds, but then you got to help it grow a little bit. And you do that by offering something, right? And again, this this is all just from experience. I'm sure it's been kind of the same with you, David, but it's, yeah. There's, there's so much to do about it. And I like how you said it's a process because the thing about networking is it's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to start networking and then see results next week. It's, I'm going to build relationships. And over time, the value of that those relationships will come back to me, you know, tenfold kind of idea.
1: That's exactly right. I, I had a client, uh, <laughs> I had said this and I didn't even remember saying it. And then he mirrored it back to me, um, a while later, he goes, D, you once told me that good networking is solving a problem that you're having in five years. You don't know what the problem is, but you're solving a problem in five years. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think, I think that's exactly right. You plant those seeds. I love the fertilizer analogy. That's also, I think where social media and technology are really valuable because it allows us to, to stay in touch, uh, m- in a way that's you can scale it more easily. It doesn't take as much time and effort. I love being able to post content that my network can see, and and vice versa. And the thing is, you don't have to be best friends with everybody in your network for your network to be successful. I, I know that you and I have kind of shared some stories from our past. There's actually a lot of science behind this. It's just a lot nerdier and you know not as exciting. Feel free to I read like the books. <laughs> feel free to read the books. It's in there. But for example. Um, You know, Mark Granovetter wrote The Strength of Weak Ties, which is the most cited paper ever in sociology. And he, this is some research that showed that most of the time we get work, get jobs through people that we know, Mm -hmm. which may sound like common sense, but what he, his research showed was that most of the introductions were not from people that were strong ties, but what he classified as a weak tie, somebody that you saw between once a week and once a year. Right. It wasn't the strength of the relationship that dictated whether it was useful, but rather did the person know about other information that you didn't? Yeah. Right. So even as you're building these relationships and cultivating these relationships, it's not about trying to get 150 or 200 or 500 best friends. It's having those acquaintanceships, and you know, kind of staying uh, in touch. That I, I often talk about light touches on social media, like LinkedIn. Yeah. It's, it's just a light touch. It's like a, hey, how are you? You're just waving your hand every once in a while, and then when it makes sense, when, for example, somebody posts something, you're like, hey, I can help you with that. I can get you introduction there, or considering like maybe what you do for a living, and you're like, oh wow, I, that's what I help my customers do.
0: Yeah, yeah then
1: you reach out and instead of starting from scratch, you're starting that relationship much farther along
0: exactly yeah it's i i, I don't want to belabor the point, but it's just so important to start as early as possible with the mm-hmm. intention of it's a long long term plan and 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 strategy you're you're building these relationships for life not just for the weekend.
1: (laughs) Yeah. People who talk about networking for a job, you know, they're like, Oh, I just lost my job. I need to start networking. I'm like, Oh no, no, you're way too late. Yeah. You know, when, when you, that first week at the new job, that's when you start networking for the next one.
0: Yeah, exactly. it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things you got to start it before you actually need it. Right. There's, there's a lot of things in life like that, but networking Mm -hmm. is a big one. Best oh. time to
1: fix the roof is when the sun is shining.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I like that one. So to wrap things up, I, cause we've talked a lot about networking and, and I loved it. I, there was a lot of great content there. So the goal is always to, to try and have that one actionable, uh, takeaway item for the audience to go. And like, what's that one thing that they should start. So such that it's going to improve their, their network and their networking abilities. So coming out of the conversation that we just had, what would you say is that one thing that they should focus on uh, to to really get themselves heading down the right path when it comes to networking?
1: Yeah, based on what we were talking about, I think the biggest thing I would suggest is focus on having one conversation a week. If that's an in-person cup of coffee, that's ideal, but it could be a Zoom call. It could be with... Somebody you've just met at a networking event, it could be with a colleague that you kind of know, or, you know, but maybe not that well, or hey, may, it could be with one of your good friends if you're still just getting comfortable with it. But if you have one cup of coffee, one lunch, one conversation a week, that's 50 conversations a year, good things are gonna come out yeah, of
0: that. I like that, and and just to make sure that we're setting the bar really, really low so that people can be successful. Keep that conversation to fifteen minutes or less. So love it, yeah. Right, because uh, fifteen minutes. If you ask somebody for fifteen minutes of their time, they're way more likely to say yes than if you start asking for thirty plus. Mm -hmm. Even thirty minutes or less, I think you'll still have some success. But more so to get you out of your comfort zone, uh, but also be in in within. like 15 minutes is nothing, right? Like right. once you get a conversation going, you'll actually probably blow past that 15, but have the discipline to actually keep it to 15 and just say, Hey, I got to go. You know, this was a great chat. Let's stay in touch. Let's connect mm-hmm. on LinkedIn if you haven't already. Uh, Cause that's what my process was. And and so I would say use a tool like Shaper. I think that's a great one to, yep. to Get those connections to find more people to do this with. If you're, if you're like, well, where do I find 50 people <laughs> in a year to have conversations? Use something like Shaper. When you have that 15 minute coffee meeting or 15 minute Zoom call, and it goes well, then say, why don't we stay in touch through LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. And then that's how you can follow them, make comments, and blah blah blah, and all that other stuff that we were talking about. But yeah, I like that. A, aim for a conversation one conversation, 50 minutes or less per week, and you're setting yourself on the path to, to building a strong network. Perfect. That sounds super counterintuitive, doesn't it? It's like somebody saying, just do 10 pushups a day and you'll get ripped. And you're like, no, that doesn't make any sense. But it's more forming the habit of, yep. of doing it on a regular basis. And then all of a sudden you're like, hey, this is easy. And then you're going to just do it more often. That's exactly right. Awesome. Well, that was a great conversation. Thanks, David. I really appreciate that. Uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you, the books and and just all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah. Our online home is davidjpfisher.com. That's uh, an easy place. And uh, also I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, linkedin.com slash imdfish, I-A-M-D-F-I-S-H. And uh, after you're done listening to this podcast, go check ours out at Beer Beats and Business. We'd love to have you.
0: That's awesome. I'll include all that in the show notes and description of the video so people can just easily find you and and connect.
1: Perfect. Perfect.
0: Awesome. Thanks, David. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Get Coached podcast. If you're looking for more information, you can head over to our website, which is getcoachedpodcast.com. You'll find the show notes for this and every other episode there. And if getting actionable advice every week from professional coaches is something you want more of, then make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.